0: And welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan. I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. We made it. We did. Yeah, this is uh, take four, by the way, uh, for for those of you uh, paying attention. Um, so, as a uh, another four teams' hopes of uh, reaching the Super Bowl come to a grinding halt, we're going to be taking a look at the best of Wildcard Week and making our predictions as well for who's going to be making it to next week's conference games. Before we do that, how you doing, G? Did you uh, did you enjoy Wildcard Week? I did
1: indeed, there were some interesting games and some good games and some interesting quarterback play and plenty to talk about and unfortunately you're now going to try and make me talk about the Pro Bowl.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not going to make you talk about the Pro Bowl, nothing to do with the Pro Bowl. I'm mean, you to talk about the Hall of Fame. Um, the, it, it was
1: my turn to misspeak. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, The Hall of Fame. Yeah, let's look at, look at the, uh, the the news before we uh, move on to the games, as we always do. Uh, the, the The Hall of Fame list uh, this this week. We, uh, we we spoke a few weeks ago about the uh, the long list of the uh, this year's Hall of Fame, and last week it was it was narrowed down to the 18 finalists. As always, there's, there's there's some big names involved uh, this year, it includes the likes of uh, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian O'Lecker, that kind of uh, that kind of thing. But uh, looking at the list, G, is there anyone that you you think is is a, a surefire entry this year?
1: Um, I'm just panically going, who's 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 in who's in who's in. I mean, <laughs> the, the the one that I think um, is likely to be a first rounder, um, one we've spoken about before, is I, I would imagine Ray Lewis would be the, the, the hot shot to come in on so. his first attempt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about what about those others that I mentioned people like uh, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Erlacher?
1: Um I think Brian Erlacher will get in, but I suspect we won't get two middle linebackers in that first year. Uh Randy Moss is a curious one because isn't Isaac Bruce on the list as well?
0: He is, yes, yeah.
1: And so if we haven't even got Isaac Bruce in and we're still waiting on Terrell Owens, as good and as impressive as um Randy Moss is um Receiving um, statistics are. I do wonder with his occasional questioned attitude of, to, with certain teams, which I think was slightly overblown. But I do wonder if he's going to be stacked in the line that seems to be happening at receiver at the moment.
0: Potentially, yeah. I mean, as as things stand, looking at the uh, the voting percentages, um, Randy Moss is at thirteen uh, percent, Brian Urlacher at eleven, Ray Lewis at eleven. Uh, Terrell Owens is at 10%. So this, they're, they're, they're obviously looking, they, they seem to be looking the, uh, the favourites at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, the weird thing for me is that I, I, you have to just look at numbers and say Terrell Owens deserves to be in at some point. Definitely, the, yeah. Um, you know, obviously Isaac Bruce was part of that, that amazing, great show on Turf. in. And, and so I think these are guys that will make it, but it's just a question of when, if you see what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's whether this this year is their year. I suppose is, is there anyone? Is there anyone on the on the list that you think is really a surprise on, on that list of finalists?
1: Um, no, because I don't think you get to this level if you see what I mean, and it be a surprise. I mean, it, yeah. can I put a special shout out for? Um, Tony Baselli, who was, you know, a great tackle, played for the Jacksonville Jags, is probably not going to make it again because it's, it's not a counting stat position. I mean, actually, someone who really should get in is Alan Fanica, who was an amazing um, um, lineman for the Steelers. Uh, yes, uh, he was. Guard. And these are the kind of players where, you know, at least with safety you can compare with who's in and count up tackles and stuff. But with offensive linemen, I real feel, really feel, that you know because it's not a glamour position and it's hard to judge them by statistics... Um, It can be hard for these players to get in. I mean, someone like Willie Anderson, who was one of the great right tackles Mm. of his era, but, you know, struggled. um, Not he didn't struggle, but played on a series of pretty bad um, Bengals teams until um, they got some, you know, until Marvin Lewis showed up. But Even before then, he was doing incredible run blocking. It's sort of that kind of thing where you can be a really great player and not make this list uh, uh, for reasons well beyond your control.
0: You can no, that's that's it. There's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talent that that uh, that isn't on the list that, uh, that that possibly possibly should be. You might say uh,
1: one of the senior nominees is um, Green Bay Packers legend Jerry Kramer. Yes another offensive lineman named to the all NFL team five times started at right guard in six NFL championship games and um, is widely regarded as one of the great packers and there's been campaigns after campaigns to get him in particularly he's not terribly well and so I would not be surprised if he makes it as the um, veteran entry this year no that would be good yeah, and I think Packers fans, you know, there'll be a big push from them because this has been something that's been upsetting them that he's not made a sniff, and he's in like all the all decade teams of that area.
0: Anyway, you can you can see all the, uh, the 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 final uh, the final list as well as uh, vote for them as well at nfl.com dot com forward slash Hof Um Let's have a look around the uh, the rest of the league and some of the uh, some of the other bits that have made the news. There's a uh, new head coach in Oakland, isn't there?
1: Yes, there is. Um, Well, I assume there is. Has it been officially announced? I mean, it's the worst kept secret in the NFL. I mean, John Gruden is going to be the new head coach of the Raiders. Uh, He's leaving. He's done his last um, um, football commentary. I think by the time that you guys are listening to this and because uh, Dan stitched it all together and released it, that it will be announced and he will be the head
0: coach. Yeah, I think you, uh, I think you are probably right. The the uh, the Dolphins as well have signed the uh, the Bears uh, f- former offensive coordinator now now the Dolphins offensive coordinator uh, Daryl Loggins. I don't know a lot about him.
1: It's yeah, and you know this is a Bears team who um, one week I believe had four completions out of seven for for, for Mr. Trubisky. Yes. So it's.
0: <sighs> although, although I don't from, understand. From what I've seen on on Twitter, the 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 Bears fans are, are all uh, devastated about it. So. Can't ah. be bad, I, I don't think it can be a particularly bad thing
1: <laughs> I mean, well no I mean I don't know if he has a history with Adam Gase or not um, I don't think it's necessarily um, it's one that I don't really feel qualified to judge and obviously the Bears have just signed a new head coach so I would imagine there would be um, quite a lot of um, overhaul of their mm. coaching roster at the moment
0: yeah, no you, you you spot on I think. Uh looking else, elsewhere at uh, other other people who've uh, have new coaches or changes of, of coaches the Bears uh, have, have re- re- hired in his place. Uh, and, sorry, not in his place, sorry. This is more as a, as a head coach, uh former Chiefs OC uh, Matt Nagy.
1: Yeah, and that one he strikes me as someone who or, or a team that are very definitely trying to replicate the um Sean McVay template and Rams that they've gone for a thirty year old offensive coordinator. a slightly older, I think he's like thirty nine, but you know, a young up and coming talent yeah. that they're hoping can mold Trubisky and Nagy had a positive effect on the Chiefs, um, with him taking over play calling as ever with a first time head coach, you just don't know how they're gonna cope with the whole thing and it'll be one where does he hire someone I mean one of the really smart moves I thought Sean McVeigh made was that he kept on um, special teams coach and hired Wade Phillips as your defensive coordinator and if you're like a young 30 something head coach hiring a 70 something excellent um, uh, defensive coordinator who has head coaching experience and so can be sort of like the old, old voice of experience in the room as well as doing an incredible job that you could just leave him to get on side with that side of the ball was a really smart, smart move and so if they want Nagy to replicate what McVay did A he needs to be really really good on his side of the ball looking after the offence but it would be a good idea I think to get a really good experienced defensive coach to um, help uh, prop up both the defensive side of the ball and lend him some experience
0: yes a couple couple more moves Uh, the Panthers have fired uh, Mike, Sh- uh, Mike Shuler. They were their offensive coordinator. I don't know you? if you've seen that. It's literally only happened uh, very... I
1: have indeed. Scanning the NFL headlines whilst um, waiting for our recording slot to open up. And yes, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Does it not feel that we've been discussing sort of the, the way the um, offense is coordinated? And it's clear that they want to develop the offense around Cam Newton and try and protect him a bit more. And that yeah. didn't work. In fairness... It was pretty hard to develop a a, um, new style of offence in an off-season where your quarterback has had shoulder surgery and can't practice. So it's not necessarily a surprise that um, Cam Newton had, you know, things didn't work until they reverted to running him a bit. But um, I'm guessing they weren't happy with the way he was using some of the um, receivers and wanted to um, go in a new direction.
0: Yes, I think uh, I think that's probably uh, probably spot on the, uh, the the Packers have promoted their long term scout as well to uh, GM Why don't you tell us what his name is, G?
1: I'm going to go with um, Brian Gunterkust
0: Gunterkust, that's it uh, that's, uh, I'll take your word on how to pronounce as, that
1: uh, Sorry, I've got that wrong, sorry It's Gutterkunst
0: Ah, right, there we go, careful um, Gutterkunst,
1: which is good <laughs> something or other
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's going to be a good GM?
1: Honestly, I don't know, but it's a very Packers move to um, promote from within and they'll be sticking with their ph- philosophy of um, draft and develop. It will be interesting to see if they're a bit more adventurous mm. in, um free agency. I don't suggest that they go out and splash cash like some of the teams have done in the past because that hasn't necessarily worked for the long term. But, you know, carefully augmenting your roster is definitely a, a thing that, should be done if you can't find players in the draft and there are definitely some holes in that Packers roster as was demonstrated when Aaron Rodgers went down.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of small bits outside of, uh, of of coaching moves. Uh the Bills have now donated in generally $17 increments. Uh well, as of a couple of days ago it was $345,000 to uh Andy Dalton's uh, foundation which is which is crazy.
1: Yeah, no, it's just incredible, and and you know, is one of those nice stories um, that, that you know can only be a good thing for us to have to cover in the NFL because yeah, it's just a great story.
0: Mm, and uh, also by the uh, by the time you listen to this uh, to this podcast, the uh, the London NFL dates will have been announced, won't they? Thursday afternoon, there they're coming out.
1: Yes, on Facebook Live because that's their new thing for announcements. Yeah, so I'm they love sure that. Yes, so you know, at some point it will be announced properly, and we'll actually know <laughs> where and who.
0: Yes, yeah, that's it. Well, there's there's been rumours, haven't there? There's quite some quite good, quite good games if the rumoured games are to be a bit uh, are true.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, no. Um, we've we've heard talk about um both the Eagles and the Packers, haven't we? Yeah. In, in in the year when you were discussing it previously,
0: sounds like there's, there's going to be five games as well, including uh, one at the at the Tottenham ground. So.
1: Yes, I mean,
0: you know, assuming they finish it on time. Well, yeah, fingers fingers crossed. Yeah, um, and uh, finally, before we uh, before we move on, and look at the games. Something in uh, in, in New England has uh, caught your eye, hasn't it?
1: Well, this is yeah, I, it, it's caught my eye, and there's been a lot of discussion about it. Um, there was a article on ESPN about um, su- supposed discord between uh, the various high. Profile figures in the um, Patriots organization, namely um, Mr. Craft, the owner, Mr. Belichick, the head coach, and Tom Brady. And I don't, it sort of makes a certain amount of sense that there would be tension because of the TB12 stuff that Tom Brady's been doing with his sort of like lifestyle guru, health fitness guy who's been working with for a long while. And this all led to a head, and we're not quite sure what. Happened with the trading of Garoppolo. The, the article seems to suggest that Mr. Kraft said that um, to you know, basically make things smooth, run smoothly with Brady, that Garoppolo had to go, and hence Bill Belichick sort of sent him off to um, the 49ers for a second round pick, which was possibly not a huge amount of. Um, Uh, of get back considering how well he's played. I don't know how much I believe it. I I do believe there are tensions because Tom Brady is talking about playing into his mid-40s and I'm not sure all of the coaching staff believe him and it does look like both McDaniels and... Mr. Patricia will be ending their um, long stints as coordinators and stepping off to become uh, head coaches uh, with uh, certainly interviewing and so it could be an interesting couple of years because apart from anything else it could be that the Patriots have to rebuild their coaching staff and find a quarterback and there's some people seem to think that Bill
0: Belichick might be looking at retiring as well. Well, that's yeah, that's uh, worrying times. I think for the uh, for the Patriots, who who to be let's be fair, have dominated football for so long. It'll be uh, quite interesting to see what 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 happens. If, and if, it that, wouldn't if that exactly be happened. a
1: shock if they were to um, at least compete for a sixth Super Bowl. Either, Absolutely would,
0: not. It? No, no, definitely wouldn't. Definitely wouldn't. So, uh, hmm, interesting. Very much. <laughs> Over here. Okay, so this week was the uh, the first of the uh, of the of the playoff weeks. It's, uh, it was wild card week, uh, and so we saw uh, eight teams meeting this week. Uh, as obviously the uh, the Patriots Steelers. Uh, the Eagles and the Vikings I was trying to do that off my, off my top of my head. Then had they uh, had a week off, uh, but these guys were uh, fighting out to see who was going to play them. But uh, so first of all, we, uh, we we had the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Titans uh, sneaked into the playoffs last week with a win over the Jags. Chiefs finished the uh, at the top of the AFC West. And uh, well, what a what a hell of a comeback this was! It finished twenty two twenty one to the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah, and um, I think there is going to be an awful lot of angst in. um Kansas City because this is yet another Chiefs sort of first round playoff exit. Um, there's going to be people questioning Andy um, Reid's ability in the playoffs. And it was a horrible sort of um, lead blow in the second half. They, ne- they seem to struggle ever since um, Kelsey went down injured because for the yeah. first half, I mean, they went into the half 21-3 up and all seemed to be going okay. But losing Kelsey and they seem to lose the ability to stress the Titans pass defense in the middle and so suddenly they could cope with um their outside receivers and and the Titans sort of discovered that they could move the ball f- as much as anything through Mariota m- moving and I haven't seen him move like that in a little while
0: yeah yeah absolutely when that's i suppose credit where credit's due the 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 the, the... Titans did a really, really good job. There's largely, people like Derek Henry, uh, 156 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Marcus Mariota looked like a, like a different player in the second half. He even managed to catch his own pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not too often. <laughs> I, I think the Chiefs have had this problem enough that they're one of those crowds that begins to get nervous when this stuff's happening. If yeah. you have that kind of history and you see an opposing quarterback toss a ball up in the air and have it batted back to him and he takes it in for a touchdown and because he's in shotgun he's an eligible receiver mm. then you're beginning to panic that this is really isn't going to be all day i mean yeah derek henry um, 156 yards on the ground is you know a pretty stunning performance and it's just You wonder what the future for um, Alex Smith and this team will be, and it seems a shame because I don't think Alex Smith played particularly badly.
0: I don't think he did. I mean, when you look at the you look at the 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 stats. I mean, yes, there was there was four sacks on him, but I don't think he particularly had had a had a really bad game.
1: No, I really didn't. It was just it all went you know it it was a mixture of play calling and and they got away from the run. I mean, suddenly Kareem Hunt, who you know was sort of resurgent in the second half of the season when Nagy took over the play calling and was was helping the um, Chiefs be more balanced um, just didn't get uh, enough carries in the second half and Tyreek Hill who had been so dangerous suddenly you can do uh, if you haven't got Kelsey in the middle Stressing the defense, you can just play
0: two deep safeties and make sure there's somebody over the top of him. Mm. Yeah, well, that's that's it. I mean, I mean, the game could have it could have been a, a different story, couldn't it? It wasn't like the uh, like the the Chiefs didn't have their have their chance in the uh, in in, the, in that second half to uh, to come back. I mean, Harrison Booker missed a a forty eight yard field goal in the third quarter for the Chiefs, but then at the same time, Titans failed a a two point conversion towards the end as well.
1: Yeah, and also Mariota uh, had. You know this weird thing where where he was scrambling and suddenly they they ruled him down through not yeah. forward contact and suddenly the for fumble and and it just it was a weird ending of the mm. game. There were a lot of little bits. That, I mean, the Chiefs and Andy Reid have a bit of a reputation in the playoffs, but there are a lot of other stuff to do with little bits of officiating, little bit you know the Kelsey injury was a big thing. I mean, let's not take it away from the Titans. They kept scrapping. They kept fighting. You know, you shouldn't you know take anything away from the Titans but there was a lot that had to happen for them to win that game
0: that's it and like you say this is the this is the sixth time in a row that the Chiefs have lost a lost a home playoff game so so they're they're never never great in the postseason are they?
1: I think they were a flawed team coming in in the um the defence had been struggling for a while and the fact that you had Darrell Revis playing significant snaps being picked up in like week eleven or wherever he was, when, you know, you can't find any corners. So if mm. if if you're good you're being you know, you would usually be found. And it's not that he's never been good, but you know, he he does seem to be a step slow and was making one or two business decisions, I think, about uh, whether to put put his body on the line for with tackles. And it just it just in the off season um, we can maybe Alex Smith will go and they'll turn it over to Patrick Mahomes, but you know they need to get younger and, and get that defense back together. And you know I'm guessing they'll be hoping that Eric Berry gets fit. And if he doesn't, they'll need to think about how they're going to surround Marcus Peters with other people in the secondary who can uh, help the, the Chiefs be a bit more effective. And you know there's some age in the front seven of that defense as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if the draft in the off season is looking at fixing that.
0: Well, the uh, the Titans are going to go on to uh, face the Patriots next week in the in uh, in the, in the uh, divisional game. So uh, I can't I can't imagine they're particularly uh, thrilled about the prospect. But uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's, it's it's a divisional game nonetheless. Um, the uh, The second game was the uh, the Falcons and the Rams. Falcons, uh, were last year's Super Bowl runners up, uh, but this year they they just kind of snuck into the playoffs in week seventeen. Uh, Rams obviously topped their uh, top their division. They were a complete turnaround team from uh, from last year. Um, and it was a real dominating performance from the from the falcons the atlanta falcons ended up winning this one
1: 26-13 yeah i mean it's slightly curious because you're right except for the rams got 361 yards they moved the but, ball yeah yeah but the falcons played incredible defense and stopped a lot of the running and 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 the screen passes to Todd Gurley and as much as anything it, they look. The Rams looked like a little bit of a young team, and Pharaoh Cooper kept turning the ball over um, in, yeah. in the punt return game, and 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 that, as much as anything, was stalled them because the Falcons' offense wasn't amazing, but more than did enough. Aaron Donald was just simply terrifying. Brilliant.
0: He was great, wasn't he?
1: He was. I mean, I've heard some talk that the um, possibly the double teams um, were not operating as, as you would particularly like in the offensive, in, in terms of the offensive guard centre and the way that they were giving up space in an attempt to double teaming was possibly not of the best. I find it hard to comment too much on that because A, I haven't seen the coaching tape and B, I'm not an offensive line guru, but certainly... <laughs> We know that Aaron Donald is pretty terrifying, and basically even the top guards and certain Pro Bowl um, linemen I, I, I've heard rumored to be saying, but yeah, basically, how do you block him? Because he mm. is pretty incredible. Mm. But um, it did. I'm wary of some of the narratives that surround this in terms of particularly in the NFL, because there's so much turnover with teams and stuff, it doesn't feel like, say, in the NBA, where age and experience, you need older players who've been around the block or two to do well in the playoffs. I think you can do well with young players, but when you've got a young first-year head coach with a young quarterback who's turned it around very much this season, it felt like the Falcons, for all of their up and downs to the season once they got to the playoffs it's like we've been here before we know what's required they, they came yeah. out yeah the defence played so well and tackled so surely and I think that was the big thing was that the Rams couldn't get the yards after the catch that they're used to getting because there was such sure tackling from the Falcons
0: no well considering they, they had I mean you mentioned, you mentioned they made nearly 370 yards 142 of those yards went to Robert Woods they did only have sort of a third of the. If you look at the uh, the the actual time spent with the ball, Falcons had the ball of two thirds of the game. So, really, if if the if the Rams could really have just have just kept their hands on it a bit more, they really could have done it.
1: If you, the problem was they were really, it's bizarre to say because they actually have um, they went over one hundred fifteen yards, but that was mm. on sixteen um, carries. But they didn't seem to be able to consistently run the ball. So, Todd Gurley got his 100 yards but of 14 carries and he had one long of 33 and so if they weren't able to consistently enough to do it to sort of play that time of possession game and usually they've been so good at scoring lots of points and running out quickly but they they couldn't get into the end zone even if they were able to move the ball
0: mm. well the, uh, the the Falcons have got the uh, got the Eagles next week do you think they've got what it takes to, to make it all the way to the Super Bowl
1: I think it's definitely going to be competitive just because the um, Falcons uh you know have all of their players and have the playoff experience of last year going up against the Eagles they obviously stand a good shot because the Eagles have lost Carson Wentz and so it's not the same team we shouldn't discount the Eagles because um, of their defense and etc and we'll need to be careful because otherwise I'll be doing the previews now but um, (laughs) I think um, all roads go through Minnesota and that's going to be a very tough ask
0: I, th- I think you're right. Um the third game, the first one of the uh, the Sunday games was the Bills and the Jaguars. So it was the first time that Buffalo have, uh, have played a post-season game since January 2000 and they didn't they didn't really make the most of it. did they it was it was 10-3 to the uh, to the Jaguars, but I suppose both teams really cancelled each other out, didn't they, throughout the game?
1: What did you make of this game?
0: Um I, it, it wasn't. I didn't think it was a particularly exciting game. I thought it was. It was good to see that, like I say, that they how how they did cancel each other out. But what, what, what were you it, expecting?
1: Well, it's, it's not so much what I was expecting, but <laughs> I found it compelling. And I think how you reacted to this game is sort of a little bit of how of what type of NFL fan you are, because. The defenses were playing really well, and I thought it was really interesting. And it was, you know, because there was it was low scoring, it was tense. There was some truly awful quarterback play going on.
0: Yes, there was. The I mean, ball was eighty-seven yards. Taylor. 134 yards so yeah neither of them were were particularly uh, blistering were they (laughs) no I
1: mean I thought Romo was being very careful to remain um, critical without just resorting to what is he doing laying in yeah but but the the sort of the lack of accuracy on um, on some of the passes from Bortles um, in basic screens and under stuff and there was some wind but it, it was he was really struggling and then Tyrod Taylor wasn't always getting helped by his receivers but he wasn't he was sort of missing players as well and then I mean poor Nathan Peterman I mean how, mm. what they've done to that poor kid this season um, this obviously wasn't his fault because Tyrod Taylor had to leave the game but the problem they the for the Panthers had is that the Bills basically uh, um, sold out to um, stop the run, were pretty successful at doing that and um, Bortles uh, and basically dared Bortles to beat them and Bortles had his sort of most Bortles, Bortles at his worst game Yeah, and you do suspect that um, no matter how well the Jaguars do this off-season Given that for a few weeks stretch it looked like um, Bortles was coming round, but having had this come up in the playoffs, I think that you know you could be seeing a change of quarterback in the off season.
0: Yeah, well, I assume, assume when you when you mentioned Peterman and the uh, the the poor, uh, the poor 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 Peterman, uh, I suppose you you you're talking about the interception towards the end, don't you?
1: I'm talking about the reception, but didn't he also... I think he also had an intentional grounding and, you know, it was just... It was a horrible situation given that, you know, his previous play was that five interception game and then suddenly Mm. he's pulled into this playoff game where it's all or nothing and, you know, they've got to throw in and it's just... yeah. Between those two incidents, you know, the last thing that he really needed was to be put into the playoff game after what else had happened to him this season.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's because I'm a I'm a offensive guy. I I like the offense. I think I think that's probably why I didn't find the game particularly. uh... Exciting, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I found it compelling. Uh, yeah. And, and also, we should say that the Sean McCoy played, you know, really very well considering that, um, you know, he'd injured his ankle. The yeah, and ankle injury, and he yeah. Was, you know, he, he looked pretty good. I think they were being careful about how much they used him, but, you know, it was a surprisingly competent performance.
0: Yeah, 75 uh, rushing yards and 44 receiving yards. He was their top receiver.
1: Yeah, and pretty much has been all season, I believe. So, mm. yeah... Uh, I wonder what the bills are going to do with their offense next season, but their defense is definitely coming round.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the, the Jags are, uh, they're going to go on next, next week to, uh, to face the Steelers, which uh, again, is another one. I don't think they'll be particularly looking forward to.
1: Uh, I'm not sure that the Jags will be too worried given that they um, beat the Steelers earlier this season, but uh, we'll discuss that when it comes to previewing um, for <laughs> next week's games.
0: I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes. <laughs> Apologies. Thank you for uh, putting me back in. Uh, Let's have a look at the fourth game then before we, before we look at next week's. Um, the late game on Sunday was the Panthers and the Saints. Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. They're uh, two divisional rivals, know each other very well from the NFC South. Both teams have finished on 11-5. and five. Um, They obviously played each other twice this year because they are, like I say, divisional rivals. But... Uh, both times the, uh, the the Saints won, and and really that was just a, a precursor for this one, wasn't it? 31-26 in, in what was a, uh, well, what I could describe as a much, much more exciting game.
1: Uh, yes, the <laughs> Saints scored 30 points for the third time against the Panthers this season, and for yes. the third time won, and it was interesting because the Panthers very much um, set out to stop the run and Drew Brees looked like Drew Brees. They went back to the old game plan of him throwing the ball lots and Ted Ginn caught that enormous um, that Massive. Yeah. yeah, but it was sort of like there were a couple of drives where the Saints uh, were trying to run the ball and they just switched gears and said, OK, Drew, over to you. And um, he demonstrated why he's going to the Hall of Fame. And before we get too carried away, we should say that Cam Newton played pretty well for a lot of this game.
0: He, he did, yeah. I mean, he was, he was uh, 349 yards that he got. Um, he, he kind of had to because they didn't really have any game on the ground, did they?
1: No. Uh, the the Saints were surprisingly sturdy on that, and um, it's kind of interesting because the the Panthers' offense has been mismatched all the time, and I, I get the feeling that um, Christian McCaff, McCaffrey ought to be um, like a slot receiver. Because yeah. he, he really didn't get much on the running on, on the ground as from a running back, but he looks, you know, he catches the ball and uh, well and does well in space. And I do wonder if they should just, you know, convert him to a slot receiver. Which I've heard. So this is not an original thought. I've heard a lot of people say it. And was just looking at him, going, you know what? That seems to make sense.
0: He was he was speedy as well, wouldn't he? He got his fifty six yard. He's off.
1: really speedy. He's really elusive. He seems to understand option routes, and it just. Yeah, it feels like that might be a bit more natural position, yeah. and then they can get someone with a bit more power to move chains um, in the you know between the tackles and offer the kind of back that complements um, Cam Newton running the read option.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Ted G- Teddini G- Jr. He's a he's a playoff machine, isn't he? He he seems to. I don't know if you've noticed. I know, and this is purely me thinking off the top of my head. He's been to about three Super Bowls so far. Really. Yeah, he's he was he was there with the Forty Nineers a few years ago. He was there with uh-huh. the Panthers a couple of years ago. He was there with somebody else who's escaping me, I can't remember. He also he's done well here. He was the year that the, the, the uh the Dolphins got to the playoffs, won the AFC uh, AFC East he was he was a dolphin. He's a playoff machine.
1: <laughs> and He's also dropped very few long balls this season, yeah. which, which I think is interesting because I believe in the past, but certainly with we the Panthers, we were querying um, uh, his ability to catch the um, catch the finals. Yeah, he went He's to, very underrated.
0: Very uh, yeah, underrated. To a Super
1: Bowl with the um, Cardinals as well.
0: Cardinals. That's it. That's it.
1: So yeah. you, you can't mention something like that, and me not start scouring his pro football <laughs> reference to find out what's going on.
0: That was just off the top of my head as well. I was just thinking, it was just it was just it just struck me as I was as we were talking about him. <laughs> I can't, He's he's an absolute player. he machine.
1: played really well in this game. Um, yeah. Very sure-handed. Uh, Michael Thomas was really great as well. Um, Josh Hill, you know, a couple of key catches for, at tight end, and it was just kind of Drew Brees doing Drew Brees things, and the defense doing enough, and. As much as anything, although the defence gave up yards, they, they for a lot of the time they were able to solidify in the red zone and, and the Panthers had problems. And I think that highlights... I want to be careful about the criticisms of Cam because I think they can be overdone at times because I think that because he plays the position differently, everybody yeah. sort of lays into him a bit because he's not your classic drop-down... Out- drop back quarterback but I think in the red zone that shows up because if you're not accurate and you don't have touch then you know it's not like if with him throwing the ball that he's going to have great touch on a fade and it just you need to be very precise in that area. The flip mm. side, of course, is that if you can get the def- uh, defence moving the wrong way, he will run in touchdowns really easily. So, you know, it's one of those things. But they definitely seem to struggle in, in the red zone in this game. And obviously, uh, it was uh, they would have liked to have not missed a field goal from one of the most accurate field goal kickers in belief yeah. this season.
0: That's it. Well, before we before we move on, uh, you're, I suppose you, you've sort of covered it, but I wanted to ask you about about the uh, the defenses. You're you're obviously more a lot more dif- defensively minded than I am. Do you think this was a case of two good offenses or or some poor defense?
1: Um, I think it's good offenses. The Panthers have been pretty pretty damn solid this year. The secondary is getting better. Uh, Luke keekley is playing amazing, but it's almost it's one of those rare occasions where I think you know the quarterback. You know, maybe got the advantage, but you know, Drew Brees is so so good for usually Luke Keatley is probably the smartest player on on the field uh, and is able to because of all the work he puts in, able to compete with the quarterback and play all those games. But in Drew Brees, you've got somebody who's who's well up to his level, uh, and I think probably came out winner in this one.
0: Yeah, well, uh, the, the Panthers got to within a touchdown with four minutes left, but uh, they even got within sort of twenty one yards of the of the Saints' goal line as well with forty one seconds left, but they couldn't. Uh, Push on for that, that that touchdown and yeah the uh, the, the the Saints came away thirty one twenty six winners so they're going to go on and, and face the Vikings on on uh, on Sunday night
1: yeah and I think one thing we should mention this game and I, it's being looked at already but uh are you did you see the whole thing about the um, concussion protocol rearing its head again obviously uh, Cam
0: I knew that Cam Newton went out for for a very short point under under the concussion protocol but came back
1: he took a very heavy hit now he did. The, what the Panthers are saying is that um, he sort of came out and um, as he was heading to the sidelines he sort of took a knee and went down and the mm. Panthers basically said that they asked him to do that because he'd been poked in the eye and they wanted um, Anderson to have a couple of warm-up throws to warm up his arm Right. Uh, so I don't know how much truth of that is I mean, I can see, see what they're saying but it's being investigated and it's just... We're not sure what's going on. I think that's the problem. I think if if we were sure, and he seemed to be checked very quickly, and you yeah. know, if if it was just a, a you know a finger had got in under his visor and, and his eye had been thin because apparently his his uh, helmet was pushed down as well, then okay, he doesn't need much of a of a um, you know of a concussion check if he's just passing really easily. But because of the problems we've had. You, we don't exactly look to be in a place where we're giving NFL teams the benefit of the doubt at the moment.
0: No, we'll have to keep an eye on it. <laughs> right, and G, let's take a look at what you've been writing about on the blog. You, uh, you said you, you always do this piece every, every year, don't you? But you said your uh, you're goodbyes to the 20 teams who missed out on the, uh, the postseason this week. There's a lot of good teams who didn't make the cut this year, aren't there?
1: Yeah, and there's some teams that sort of w- would likely be um, competing. If it weren't for um, extenuating circumstances of one player, I mean, you know, I, I think the Cowboys, despite their offensive problems, which possibly need addressing in the off season, would likely have made you know made the playoffs if they hadn't had Ezekiel Elliott out for six weeks. The Packers, I suspect, would have probably yeah. made the playoffs as well, even you know even with their problems with if Aaron Rodgers had played a few more games. And you've just The Chargers, if they hadn't got themselves into that zero four hole at the beginning, were probably the most competitive out of that sort of group of nine and seven teams that um, finished strong, strong, yeah, towards the end, very strong towards the end, and I suspect that they'll be um, there or thereabouts next season. Uh, obviously, Vez is going to be an interesting division. What with uh, John Gruden coming back to the Raiders, them resurgent, and whatever's going on with the Chiefs. Plus, yes. you know, you, you couldn't put it out the realms possibility the Broncos could bounce back. But yeah, your team is covered. I hope you're not cross and if you are or you have questions come at me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, really do. Um <laughs> and now what, how did you uh, how did you find your uh, your your film study of uh, of Patrick Mahomes
1: Um I basically took a look at him because I was intrigued and he was starting and I sort of left the game intrigued. Um it's you can't really take full um full understanding of how a player is off one game when you have no background. If you're no. if you're going in as, as, as an amateur like I am and you're taking a look at Luke Keekly, you know his reputation, you have an idea of what you're looking for and then you're looking, you know, you have a certain you have to be a little bit wary because, you know, then you have confirmation bias coming in, but, you know, you have an idea of a bit more faith whereas with Mahomes what I saw was he has an arm you can definitely tell that, and he's got a certain degree of that um, gunslinger mentality. He, he, you know, he's pretty good at throwing the ball whilst he's escaping and on the move. And that, but equally, he's one of those players that. Um, doesn't seem afraid to turn the ball loose and so that will serve him in some situations and not so much in others and and it'll be a case of seeing how he develops and whether he heads sort of down a Jameis winston route or if he can protect the ball and make enough plays i mean that was always the question with brett favre was you know uh, some of the amazing plays he made did he make so many mistakes that you know he didn't undo it because he won so many games but you know i think he caused his um, some sleepless nights and some worrying moments for his coaches, and I could see Patrick Mahomes doing that in early in his game. But you know, he looked pretty good in places.
0: Then, uh, what what are you planning on uh, on looking at uh, from from this week's games?
1: I have a nasty feeling that I'm not going to make... Uh, I'm not actually going to get to film study this week for a combination of having um, a typeset to check and uh, being away this weekend for a christening. Ah, OK.
0: Well, fair enough. Well, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, for all that and more from G, make sure you stay tuned to the blog at wrongfootball.com. There will but, be uh... <laughs> a farewell
1: piece done to the... Um, certainly done to the four, lo- four losing teams this week. And, um, yes, but it, it, I'm not sure I'll get to film, unfortunately.
0: Fair enough. Well, the wrongfootball.com.
1: Are you ready for some football? Right, we're going to have a
0: look at the, uh, the divisional games, but uh, before we do, as always, we've got a yeah, uh, we've got an extra point for you G. Uh, there you go. <laughs> this is uh, this is another one uh, that's come from my dad. I've got in fact I've got all of the rest of the seasons all ready to go for you, so uh, yeah, he's he's been he's been busy. Um this week's question though is uh, six teams have won the uh, won a playoff game without scoring a touchdown, but who was the last one to do it uh, on their way to winning the Super Bowl? Oh good
1: grief. That's an amazing question, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm struggling to think of who on earth it would be. Oh, I'm f- guessing it would be a team with a good defense, uh, minimal offense, and and kicking. Um, minimal of offense.
0: Button. You wouldn't you wouldn't expect a particularly good offense, would you?
1: No. I'm gonna this could this could be a, a bad guess, but I'm gonna guess the Ravens.
0: You certainly wouldn't expect an offence that's led by uh, Peyton Manning, would you?
1: Oh, damn it. It was for Denver when they were so... Oh, no, of course. No,
0: no, no. no. It, was makes... it was the Colts. Oh, it was the Colts. It was the 2006-7. Yeah. They were playing the Ravens. Uh, they beat them 15-6 in a divisional round for uh, going on to beat the Patriots and then the Bears in the, uh, ah, in the Super Bowl.
1: When, the moment you said Peyton Manning, I thought of uh, uh, the Broncos team who yeah. won with Manning in his final season.
0: Yeah. But... Uh. No, it was the uh was the Colts, two thousand and six, two
1: thousand and seven. Another mm. stumping by um, um, your That's dad. I'm, I, I'm I'm going to get fired from from the roster if he keeps I'm, this
0: up. I'm starting to think about it. Yeah, I'm starting to think about it. Well, uh, <laughs> before we uh, take any, any rash decisions like that, let's have a look at next week's games. Uh, we've got the uh, the we'll, we'll look at the AFC games first of all. We'll do AFC then NFC. Um, the Saturday late game is the Tennessee Titans playing the New England Patriots. There's, there's only one way that game's going to finish, isn't there?
1: We assume so, unless um, Brady suddenly turns mortal, or there's an injury to Gronk. But uh, yeah, it, it, feels like that's the Patriots that are going to win and go through to the, um, yeah, the championship round. I,
0: I certainly think so. I, 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 can't see past the the Patriots getting to the getting to the Super Bowl again, to be perfectly honest. But it, but
1: it, it feels, I don't know, because it depends what how fit Antonio Brown is and whether the Steelers can put something together missing Shazier yeah. on defence but um, certainly in this game I, I don't want to dismiss the Titans and we've just seen that anything can happen in an NFL game because you know, the Titans have a quarterback who's capable of passing the ball to himself but it well, feels yeah. unlikely that they'll topple the Patriots
0: it's, It sounds like you've written off the Jaguars there by saying that uh, the, the the Patriots getting to the Super Bowl will all depend on the Steelers so the Steelers and the Jaguars will, that will meet in the this, this the Sunday early game uh, you you're thinking the Steelers, aren't
1: you? I'm leaning Steelers. Um, I, I don't. F- obviously, the Jaguars have already done it once this season, so I wouldn't rule it out. However, they're on the road, and given I can't see last week's performance having anything but a worrying effect for no. Bortles. I'm not sure how you suddenly turn round in a week. Yeah, going. I, I can't see it. And with the cover two system, the um, Steelers play. Uh, it sort of requires short, precise passing underneath, and a few weeks ago when I looked at the coaching tape I would have thought that, you know, maybe if, if Len- Leonard Finette can run the ball and establish it and they can do play action, then you won't have a problem, but given what the Bills just did against them and I'm wondering if they'll sell out against the, the passing and try and make uh, a, a Bortles beat them again I, I'm leaning Steelers, I have to confess
0: Yeah, I, I think you're, you're right, I'm, I am also um, The First of the NFC games. In fact, it's the first the first game that's going to be played this weekend. It's the uh, the battle of the birds. You could uh, you could say it's the Atlanta Falcons and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I think these two have played each other already this year, haven't they?
1: I shall look it up in a second. I'm I, I'm finding this matchup really intriguing because the Falcons are finally beginning to look like the Falcons of last year. And so, if if they go into Philadelphia and put up that performance against a um, Eagles team who on offense at least, a lot was um, built upon the foundation of Carson Wentz doing amazing things on third down. Mm. I do wonder... I I can see the Falcons winning it, and I'm just not sure of which Eagles team is going to show up. So I think this could be competitive. I'm absolutely not writing off the Eagles, but um, this is one where I'm almost like it's a pick'em game I wouldn't like to call, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it.
0: Yeah, They they haven't played each other, by the way. I thought I had in my head that they'd uh, played each other earlier in the season. I'm kind of with you. I think think it would be the Falcons. I think, like you say, the the Eagles are, while not a one-man team... I think without Carson Wentz, I think they are going to struggle. And I think, like you say, like you said earlier in the uh, in in the, when they were, we were talking about uh, about this week's game um, against the uh, against the Rams, I think I think the the Falcons' experience is going to count well for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but you know, this is the Eagles' first chance. I mean, the defense is good and running game is strong, but I just yeah. It just feels like the Falcons are coming good at the right time against a team who've had an amazing season. But and I'd definitely think differently if if Wentz was a quarterback. But yes, it just it just feels like like you know maybe the Falcons d- stand the best chance of an upset.
0: Yeah, and then uh, for me this is the uh, this is really is the pick of the games this week. It's the uh, the Saints and the Vikings meeting on the in the Sunday late game. I really want the Vikings to win this.
1: <laughs> I think this is going to be a fabulous game. It's going to um, be great, isn't it? I almost don't mind who wins this because I love Mike Zimmer. Um, I Football see f- wins. Yeah, <laughs> this is. You're absolutely right. You could not be more right in the, in terms of this case. You know, you got Mike Zimmer, I love on one side. I, you've got Drew Brees, who I have so much respect for. Um, I possibly give a slight edge to the Vikings because I think that they are such a well balanced team. Yeah, I think they play great in that dome. I think that defense is terrifying. But we're all winners because this should just be the most amazing game.
0: I absolutely agree. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I think the, personally, I think the, uh, I'd like to see the Vikings.
1: Yeah, this is definitely game of the week.
0: I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've uh, liked what you've heard, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe, and maybe even a review through whatever medium you procure your podcast. It really does help us to uh, get into as many pairs of ears as we possibly can, especially at this late stage of the season. Next week, we'll be uh, taking a look back at the divisional games and head to the uh, conference week, by which point, just 40 Teams will be uh, remaining in the hunt for the Vince Lombardi trophy. In the meantime, though, make sure you check out the wrong for more from the mind of G. And remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can either drop us an email to TWF Podcast at Outlook.com or find other G or myself on Twitter at wrong football or at TWF Dan. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week. We're running out of football, Dan. And we are.